You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, July 16, 2023, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled Gardens. The seed that falls on good ground will yield a fruitful harvest. If you've ever come to any of our, been fortunate to come, go through our marriage prep program here at St. Luke, I think we have the best marriage prep program. <laughs> but one of the images we use is a garden. That a marriage like a garden that is well nurtured will produce wonderful fruit. Now we use other images. We use the images of a, a body, what we feed it, even the image of an automobile. I like that image because it's the image of going out on a journey, heading off on a road trip, and how you start. How you start is important, how you end. You know, just get in your car and go, but if it's a long road trip like a marriage is supposed to be, you clean it out, you change the tires, you tune it up, you flush the radiator so that you have a better chance of reaching your destination. But I enjoy and I appreciate the image of a garden when it comes to marriage and the kingdom of God and the Christian life. Now, a disclaimer really quick. I am not a gardener. I don't even know how to do that. I took botany in college twice. <laughs> but I know people who do and people who are. And there's a particular couple I have in mind that helped out with our marriage enrichment program called Retrovi. And they were both gardeners. And if you would ever go to their house and pull in the front in the driveway, Oftentimes you would see them out front working their garden. And it was a very powerful image for me because they had a beautiful garden full of color, blue and yellow and red flowers, whatever those things are called. But when you would pull up, you would find them on their knees. They were always on their knees. And you could tell they had done some prep work too because the dirt they were kneeling on was always black. And I said, where do you get this kind of dirt from? So, and I said, what is this? And this is rich, fertile soil. You have to start there. But when they were on their knees, which again, I think is a beautiful way to start with anything, they were planting seeds. Now, I guess there's a science of planting seeds of like how many inches apart they should be. And... Of course, you have to fertilize and, and water. But they're always busy weeding, pulling out weeds. And once again, I am not a, a gardener, but people who do this sort of thing know what weeds look like. They'll even say, I say well, that's a pretty flower. No, that's a weed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they seem to have an eye for these things. But when it comes to marriage, it's very obvious to me what weeds look like. I always tell people I'm not an expert on marriage. I'm an expert on bad marriages. 
But weeds are fairly concrete. And if you can weed them out, take out these weeds, a greater chance at a fruitful marriage. What are some of these weeds? Alcohol is a weed. It's a poison to many marriages. Pornography is absolutely poison to a marriage. TV can be poison to a marriage. Contraception is poison. And money, greed, success, or at least the lust and thirst for success can kill marriages. But if you can weed those out, then you can slowly start to water, cultivate, but even that starts on your knees. Jesus, again today, uses this image that we have seen many times of farming, of gardening, of, of seed, of harvest. The seed that falls on good ground would produce a fruitful harvest. What are these seeds? Well, for the Christian life, the seeds are the very word of God. The very word of God. Now, let me unpack that a little bit. For our Protestant brothers and sisters, the word of God is often strictly just the scriptures. And it is the written word of God. But the word of God is Christ. He is the Logos. He is the word made flesh. And when he showers his grace, his very life, he does that primarily through the sacraments, through the word, the written word, truth, and you. You are part of that. You are both fertile ground and the seed. You're both. So in other words, we're asked to take part and be responsible for making our hearts fertile, rich soil for the grace that God wants to give us. Or we could make it dead, and as we hear thorns and on the path and shallow, where easily something comes along and keeps it from growing, and keeps it from growing. Just like the weeds in marriage, what are some of the weeds in the kingdom of God or some of the things that kill the growth? Well, the first thing out of the gate that Jesus says, when a seed falls on the path and it's quickly snatched up, is from the devil. Satan and his minions do that. Now, we as Catholics and Christians in general, I think we think that the devil is just rotting in hell. No, he is not. He is not. The devil, as we say in the rosary, is prowling around the world seeking the ruin of souls. That's what he does. The first chapter of the book of Job, God asked Satan, what are you doing? I have been roaming the earth. That's what he does, looking for victims. A lot, of like, a lot like a, a cat of prey goes after a herd of animals and looks for the weakest one. But I think in many in our culture will even say, and I've heard this even come out of Christians' mind, well, mouths, that the devil really doesn't exist. He's just a metaphor. To say the devil doesn't exist is like a 10-point buck who doesn't believe in hunting season. <laughs> Hunters hope Deer don't believe in them. They hope it. Oh, that would be great. Makes the job much easier. But also some of the weeds are just regular parts of life. We hear tribulation and worldly anxieties. 
As a Christian, we are told by Christ himself that just to become a Christian doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy life. As a matter of fact, it's actually quite the opposite. Christ promises his disciples that you will suffer for your faith. Actually, pick up your cross and follow me that the world will throw and the devil will throw things at you. But it is our faith that makes us work through it, helps us, brings us joy in overcoming these tribulations and worldly anxiety. The last one he says is often people fall or the, the fruit does not grow because of the lure of riches. In Greek, it says the deception of riches. That things in this world lie to us by saying, if we just have this or that, this much money, this many cars, this many degrees, we will be happy. And we know that that is a lie. We know that that is a lie. We've often shared with our teenagers, for a, a time anyway, that there was a place here in Texas, and I'll tell you exactly where it is. There's a little neighborhood around Southern Methodist University in Dallas. It's called, the, I think the, the high school is Highlands of something like that. And this is the richest part of Texas. And they, for a time, had the highest teen suicide rate. Not Laredo or Del Rio. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. But no, it's the wealthiest part. Now, why is that? That's mysterious. It's because they put their faith in stuff. They put their faith in success. They think things will make them happy. I have a friend who's successful. Go visit him, and he has toys. And some of them are impressive. He got himself a brand new Harley Davidson. I love motorcycles. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. He was already bored of it. He was already bored of it, looking for the next thing. Now, I think... You parents discover this, too. And when we were children, we know that when Christmas time comes, we'd ask our parents or Santa Claus, if we just get this one gift, we will be happy. Then you have this pile of gifts that last for a week. I don't know about you, but at Christmas time, we always loved those cardboard tubes that the wrapping came in. We would beat each other up with it. It was great. But we'd pop the little popper things on the, the packaging my nephew, he had a pile of toys this high, but he loved the little, the little door stopper, you know that thing? He loved to play with that. But meanwhile, his parents are going, we spent all this money on these toys and he's playing with the door stopper. We are told today that we are soil for God and to make our soul rich, we have the sacraments, we have prayer, we have each other. But we also seed for the world, and we must be quality seed. That when it falls on good ground, there is a chance, and dare we hope, that it can, reveal, it can yield 30, 60, and 100 fold. You know, I have to tell you, every time people start sitting in the vestibule, I give praise to God. Sometimes when people are stacked up back here, it's a little inconvenient, but that's okay. But that's okay. We deal with inconvenience, and these are good problems. These are good problems. 
because that's what this particular time of the liturgical year is about. So let me talk a little bit about that, why we wear green now. What is ordinary time? Well, let's look at the other seasons real quick. Advent, which is coming sooner than you think. Advent is a time of anticipation for that great moment when God becomes flesh. When we wait, and it's worth the wait. It was worth for the Jewish people. Christmas time is what? Well, we celebrate, have a long party that Christ, that God took on flesh. We even change around, put a big old scene right here with a big overweight baby right there. That's a symbol that Christ took on flesh. That God took on flesh. So we celebrate that. At Lent, it's all about conversion, reconciliation, confession, and self-denial. For what? What is Easter about? It is about resurrection. It is about salvation. It is about eternal life. That's what we celebrate. So what do we celebrate in ordinary time? Well, we celebrate mission, the growth of the church. And all the readings tend to be about, especially today, the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few. It is also all about growth of the church mission and about the harvest that is ripe for harvest and just needs people willing to share their faith, to go out and give the good news of Jesus Christ that can be applied to them, change their life, because they've given their life to all these other things. You know, I can't help but remember, I remember when I was a small boy, we paid like three or $400 for a television. Some of you pay three or $400 a month to watch television. How things have changed. So I would go back to our little friends with a married couple and see how they started their gardening on their knees. We have to have a prayer life. And even if you have bad knees, to at least stand when you pray. I have to tell you, I've started to do that. When I pray in the evening, I tend to fall asleep. So I pray standing up. Try it. Try it. You can find yourself all of a sudden taken to different places. Pray and work to be good and fertile soil for Christ. Then you can be, go, be effective and high-quality seed for the world. And again, dare we hope, think, wish, and believe that we can create a harvest that is 30 or 60 or 100-fold. Thank you for listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when new episodes drop.